0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner of the break. uh right. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's all now. Downtown Dan's going
1: Every
0: morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan out hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school, trying to mimic all your moves. Another episode of the ISO, another great guest, someone who has been a frequent contributor and supporter of SB Live Sports none other than tremendous high school coach, Freddie Rico. Freddie, thank you for joining.
1: Thanks for having me, Dan.
0: Freddie, I think you've got a a tremendous story that I want to hear a little bit more about because um, we'll get into this later, that you're starting the boys basketball program at a new high school in Spokane Ridgeline, but you've had success at the highest level of high school girls basketball in winning a national title. At Central Valley, can you give us a little bit about what it took to get that Central Valley program to literally the top of the top across the country, not just in the state?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, you you need the buy-in or the kind of the all-in mentality of your your players, the parents, the the, the community, and uh, you know, fortunately for me, having. I've uh, been an assistant coach at Central Valley prior to my head coaching at East Valley. Uh, Dale Poffenroth and, and Judy Walters and a bunch of others had kind of set that tone as to tradition and having success. Uh, when I came back to uh, Central Valley after my five years at East Valley, uh, we I was inheriting a team that was five and 16, but a, a team that was hungry to get back at, at the top. And so it really just, we had to go back to the basics of, you know, what is tradition? How do we get that tradition back and how do we build a culture that, uh, you know not only inspires those young ladies to to get after it and, and be successful, but to understand that the, the process was just as important, if not more important than the outcomes. And eventually what happened is you know you you start building that program, you have good uh, AAU you know programs underneath, and some you know supportive parents who really helped coach those kids uh, to get them there. And prepared for us. And then just from that point on was just kind of taking the reins and, and really molding them into what you, you know, what you want to see in your program. So when you talk about what you molding a program
0: in a group of young student athletes into what you want to become, how do you view the game should be played at the high school level?
1: I think, you know, when you look at like club basketball or, you know, the, the travel teams and stuff like that, you're, you're taking a lot of all stars, you're putting them into a group and they're able to just kind of, you know, uh, the basketball IQ, the athleticism is off the charts. When you're looking at a high school program, you are playing with the kids that are there uh, at some, you know, sometimes the basketball IQs aren't equal. And so you're playing more of a system. Uh, and you're trying to help them understand you know, the basic fundamentals and, and the process of how to run sets, how to set screens, how to read and react a little bit. Uh, but more importantly, just understanding that uh, that it's a team and it's not uh, an isolation showcase for an individual. And so when you're looking at building a, a culture or a program in a high school, you want it to be about the team and not about individuals and you know potential scholarships. That stuff kind of takes care of itself along with the, their travel teams. So I think a lot of it is just really molded them into a system uh, that they play together and, and that they enjoy that experience.
0: You guys, as I mentioned in the intro at, at Central Valley, won the national title for high school girls. Um, what was that process like? Because I, I know there's mythical titles and then there's true titles based on tournament play. Uh, can you share us how that worked? Because most people think of high school state tournaments as being the end of a season. But you guys had an opportunity to play in more than just that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I have actually seen it used to be the Dick's Sporting Goods uh, National Tournament. And I remember watching those games and it, you know they had, it was mostly the boys side. And then they started adding the girls side in and, and i remember you know prep gonzaga prep went to that and i i really didn't understand the whole process like how do you get there you know I mean, you figure they just take some of the top teams in the nation or at least the ones that they're they're you know governing bodies like for us the wiaa has to approve you to go to that and so the way the process ended up happening in actually in 2017 Uh, right after we had won the title in 2000 state title in 2016, in 2017, uh, at this point, it was called the, the Geico national tournament. They had reached a representative had reached out and said, Hey, uh, we're really interested. You guys won like 53 or 56, whatever, 52 games in a row. And, uh, we're looking at you. And if you can, if you can win your state title, you're in, uh, I mean, they had us had me as a coach fill out a, uh form with all of our uniform numbers they they were going through the process and in 2017 we lose that first round quarterfinal game to bellarmine prep and i remember because I, I made it a point i'm not talking to anybody about this because you just don't want it on the table and but i also knew that the, you had to win the state title so that was my first taste of what it was going to take so once we lost that game and then all of a sudden we go on the next run you know, go twenty-seven and zero during the season. So we won twenty-nine straight games. Geico reaches out again. They're like, you know, the process, coach. You win the state title. We want you to come to New York. And I said, here's here's what I will tell you. I said, I will keep that in mind. We're gonna we have to win a state title first because it didn't happen last year. But if it happens, I'll sit down with my 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 team, and if they are all in and they want to go and and do this, then we'd love to be a part of it. And so that's a, kind of what happened is. Once we finished up, only myself and my assistant coaches knew that the Geico tournament was on the plate or on the table. And uh, yeah, so right after that state title game, we were in the locker room. And I said, well, you know, everybody knows that sometimes your season ends unless it doesn't. And so, you know, they're like, no way. I'm like, we're going to New York if you guys are ready to play. And we did. Dan, we uh, it was kind of an interesting thing. We actually sat down and met in uh, at Central Valley in, in my portable classroom. And I said, e- either you're all in or we're not going because you're you're 27 and 0. You've left a legacy. The question now becomes, do you want to, you know, you lose, people are going to question how good you were. But if you're in, I'll take you because I know you can do this and they they all agreed they were in and so that's kind of how that whole thing came about and then to go and play two really really talented teams i mean we're seeing kids from those teams playing on south carolina now and you know they played for syracuse and you're just going wow tennessee kentucky we're going we played against them so it's pretty cool that is awesome.
0: I, I knew a lot of the story, but I didn't know the whole part of the story. Uh, that is a tremendous experience, I'm sure, for you as a coach, as well as for, for the, the players on that team. Tell me what your message was, though, because you guys lost one game, if I'm correct, in a three-year span. What was the post-game message? Because a lot of times high school coaches, are, as they should be, are looked to as a leader during times of both good and bad.
1: Well, that you know that and that was a devastating loss. I I think it was more devastating to probably the outsiders and parents than it was the kids because the kids knew we didn't play our our best game. Bellerman played really well, and, and you know take absolutely nothing away from them. They they were ready. They wanted to knock us up, off of the pedestal, and they did. Uh, but going into the locker room, I mean, there there were tears, and you know you could see them, and some of the some of the girls had their heads down. And I remember walking in, and and um, it was, it, I, I won't forget it because it was super emotional for me because uh, my heart felt for them because I knew they wanted that title so bad. Um, and I just ha- had them all. I said, Hey, get your heads up right now. I go what this loss does not define us. It's it's what's going to motivate us to to go forward and and do great things. And I said, I want you to remember how you feel right now. And I never want you to ever feel this way again. And that was the coolest part because they never felt that again. Uh, they never lost again. And so uh, what an amazing run, you know, when we we go 83 and one over, the, you know, those three years, and it was awesome. And they, that loss, I'll tell you what, and I've said this to a lot of people, had we not lost that game to Bellarmine Prep, we wouldn't have co- accomplished what we did the next year. The hands down, not a chance because uh, it, it brings that sense of. You know, humble pie to you saying, you know, we're good, but we can be beaten if we're not prepared, if we don't play our best. And, uh, you know, kudos to every one of those young ladies, because uh, they they gave it every single day in practice on the court. And that was that showed that that last year when uh, the championship game was the only game that was under double digits the whole year.
0: Yeah, being here in Spokane, I I saw some of those games on the local TV networks, saw the highlights. Obviously, you and I uh, are are friends and and talk to each other throughout the year on basketball stuff. But uh, you had two standout players amongst many really good players, and those would be the whole, whole sisters who are now playing at Stanford. What was it like coaching two very talented players that you knew were going to play at the highest level collegiately and ultimately they won a national title as well
1: in college? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, everybody likes to say, well, they they were this and they were that. I'll tell you what. They were two of the most amazing young ladies, period. Uh, Their work ethic was unmatched. Uh, and I think they made their teammates better. But I I, want to reverse that, too. A lot of their teammates made them better. Uh, and I think that's one thing that helped uh, help them prepare for college too. Was they got battled every day and practiced by you know their friends and their their teammates. Uh, and it, what a, a for me a pleasure to be able to teach someone that you know and coach someone that was so smart that they were able to to learn on the fly. And and I still you know uh, being able to watch them you know win a national championship. I mean that's just the type of kids they are. They're going to win because they work harder than anyone else. And they want it more than anybody else and and i think that is a mentality that every high schooler has got to take on you know i i've encouraged it with my own my own kids you know my own personal kids uh you work harder than everyone else then you get the rewards that no one else gets and and i think that's that's something that you know it has been instilled in those two young ladies from their parents uh, but also all the coaches who had a, a chance to to work with them
0: so you've coached a lot of high level players uh, on the girls' side, you're now starting a, a brand new boys' program in the high school level. But I want to stay on on the aspect of high-level players first. What should a high school coach's role in the recruiting process be in your estimation?
1: As, as far as preparing him for college? Yeah. Uh, I think being j- just first and foremost uh, an advocate and a supporter. Uh, I've always told my players, uh, if a college coach reaches out to me, they're getting the truth. I've got to be honest because I I never want a, a college coach to come in and be recruiting a player and try to sell us a, a kid and then have them go to that school and be everything opposite of what I've I've sold them as and and I think that's important as a for a coach uh, you know tell your kids you're going to be honest if if they're a pain in your butt they're in practice you're going to tell the coach they're yeah they're talented but they're a pain in butt in in, in practice. If, if you're a good student, I'm going to tell them you're a good student. If you're not a bad, good student, I'm going to say, you know, struggles with grades a little bit. And I think that's uh, uh, one of the things I've tried to always be with my players, but also the coaches. Hey, I'm going to tell them exactly who you are because I want them recruiting who you are and not what they think you're going to be. Because, uh, you, you know, as well as anyone, uh, you can't. You know, potential's great, but potential is only going to get you so far. But who your true character is, that's, that's going to be what sells you and what a, a college coach or a high school coach, that's what we want. We want kids that work hard. They're, they're great in classes. They're great teammates. And more importantly, they're going to just be great, you know, individuals.
0: So after your national title championship at Central Valley, you decided to take a step back. You did a little bit of work with us here at SB Live Sports. That's where you and I really got to know each other. You had the coaching bug and it pulled Uh you back in for a brand new school in Spokane, Ridgeline High School. You're now coaching the boys program. You get to start a program completely from scratch, your own philosophies, ideas on what is important and what needs to be emphasized. Tell us about that experience in your first couple months.
1: Uh, it's it's been great uh you know i I got a chance to work with you a lot and you know there was a lot of things that that kind of helped me step down or away from the game uh you know back in 2018 and uh now it's some of those things that were causing problems then are now reasons why i'm coming back you know some of the health health issues some of the things that Uh, we were dealing with with my my son, but that coaching bug never leaves you, you know, and and when I stepped down, it was a resignation. It wasn't retirement. I know I was joking with Dave Nichols about this. I said, man, I I didn't retire. I mean, I I don't want to consider myself that old. I just wanted to, I needed a break. There was a lot of things, Um, but it is, it's that coaching bug. It's that opportunity to come back and do something really cool. And for me going out where I did, you know, being on top, I think a lot of people thought oh he's you know he's on top he wants to go out. That, that's not that's not the end though and it takes a lot especially in this league i i think i need to see a psychiatrist honestly dan because i'm i'm jumping back in and i'm getting in the gsl which you know is absolutely a, an amazing tough league with some great coaches great athletes but here this is my first chance to build like not rebuild but build a program and so, coming in, uh, some of the things we've really been working on uh, as a staff and as a as a building, and you know, and for me personally, molding these young men so that they'll be absolutely amazing adult men. And so we talk a lot about, you know, doing things the right way since, you know, small things make a big difference. You know, we're not going to start a drill if you're not behind the line. You know, that's a that could be the difference between winning a game or losing a game, you know, half an inch on the line. Uh, we talk to them about, you know, taking care of their grades, being respectful, uh, you know, cleaning up after everything. And it's been so fun. But the biggest difference is these guys just look at me like, what do you need me to do, coach? You tell me what to do and I'll do it. And, and that's been so cool is because they're looking for, uh you know, that organization and that leadership and that mentorship. And so that is kind of what I've been taking on here early is going, I have these 14, 15 year old guys, man, we're young and compared to the rest of the league, we're young. But man, they're, they've they just been so receptive to teach me, teach me, teach me how to play, coach me up, love me and just let's let's do this. And so that's been a really uh, kind of um, a motivating thing for me.
0: So you've had a tremendous experience on the, the girls' high school basketball scene in Washington. Now it's starting to trend towards the guys' side, obviously. What have been the biggest differences of coaching those two pr- sides of programs, knowing that you've also coached your sons growing up in, in different sports?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest difference, uh, you know, when you, when you're coaching the girls, you're, of course you're dealing with a little more emotions so the speed of the game is different uh the passion and everything is still there the x's and o's are there uh when you switch over to the guy's side you know uh, for me so far the biggest thing i've noticed changes speed and athleticism which i knew anyway but to actually see it like right in front of you you're sitting there going block out and then you see somebody jumping over them and you're like block out further, you know, (laughs) because in the girls game, you know, you block out and you can still, if you're tall, you can out, you know, outreach somebody, but in the guys game, you don't block them out. They're coming over the top of you and just the speed, you know, we're seeing uh, the physicality and and the strength factor come in a lot more. Um, So that's been a a, kind of a change Uh, as far as the X's and O's, you know, on the the X's and O's, I think, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the girls side of the, the coaching game, but, I think on the guy side, man, film is is really, really big. Uh, and I know there's a lot of girls coaches that, that watch film. I I personally wasn't a lot of, I didn't watch a lot of film uh, because I, I felt I've I always kind of taken on Wooden's mentality of focus on my own team. That's what I need to do. And I'm still kind of that way, but uh, it's interesting that you you go out there now and uh, a play that you think is going to work really well. You're like, oh crap, they've already scouted that like 50 times. And so you you start having to think a little bit more. So It you know I used to always say I was trying to play chess when everyone else was playing checkers well now i'm like trying to play chess but i'm going against the chess masters and so. uh, When you look at our league and these coaches uh, it's 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 an it's an adjustment for me as well, and uh, you know i'm not i'm not where they're at yet, but i'm hoping down the road, we can get in there.
0: Well, knowing you well enough, I know you're not going to leave any stone unturned. You've got a lot of pride, uh, you know, to put the best product out there wherever you're at. When you look at a couple years away from the game, you still were involved. You were working with us at SB SP Live Sports to, to a pretty uh, good extent. You were calling some TV games for their local TV network um, uh, called SWX to, to stay close. But was there is there a particular area that you feel that you focused in on as a coach, knowing you would get back in at some point that you really improved?
1: Yeah, I think I think more than anything was just stepping back and uh, just relaxing a little bit, you know, and, and not. I've always said that it's just a game, but as a coach, sometimes you forget it. It's just a game, too. Uh, so, in those three years, just being able to watch other coaches and say, you know what, I, I, I was kind of fiery. I need to back it off a little bit. I want, I, I need to do more coaching and less, uh, you know, officiating. Uh, and it's still hard. I mean, even coming back in, I feel like sometimes the, the officials are still seeing the past me and, and, and not quite giving me the, the opportunity to be the new me. And i got to keep telling myself just keep working on it just you know there's going to be things that are are going to be tough uh, but i think the the biggest adjustment you know from calling games and and helping with you guys at scorebook live uh, i think the thing that I, I really pulled out of those three years off was the fact that man it's a beautiful game when it's played right and i think that's honestly one of the reasons why i wanted to jump back in was because regardless of what level high school college middle you know you watch all these different levels there's just still a lot of teaching that's not being done and so for me that i said i want to go back and i want to you know brand new school this is an opportunity to give these young men the coaching that they deserve and so between being more patient uh you know relaxing a little bit more uh teaching the game you know when you have a, a bunch of stud athletes that are just killing it all the time you forget you know when you're running 60 70 plays and they know them all now i'm back and i'm going okay we're going to work on three plays it's it, it's different and and i'm enjoying that i'm enjoying that learning process but uh, more importantly i'm learning that uh you know these kids i want them to always remember us as a staff and i want to I, I told them when i got here year, you know year one i want to compete year two uh, you know, we, we want to be competitive. Year three, we want to challenge, and so it's going to take time. But I think the the most important thing I've told them so far is, you know what, we're going to love you, and, and I, when you graduate, uh, I hope you're in tears because you're leaving the program uh, t- temporarily. And so that's what I wanted to bring back to the game.
0: Well, Coach, I appreciate the time. If if I can predict a, into the future, you will have Ridgeline at a very high level in no time based on your knowledge, your passion, and your pouring into the community that you're a part of. So I appreciate you joining. Thank you for sharing so much insightful information and stories. Best of luck in year
1: one. Hey, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it so much and good luck with everything.